This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We live? We are. Welcome, we are everybody. Live to another special edition of Messi & Co. here on the Five Reasons Sports Network YouTube channel, post-game show live. I'm here at Dry Pink Stadium. Gian and Ashley watch from home. Inter-Miami, 4-0 over Toronto. That's the initial thought uh, when you look at the scoreline, but obviously much more happened in this match today. Let's start off with a couple of the positives. Before we get into Messi, before we get into Alba, Miami score four and keep a clean sheet. What are your guys' initial reactions to that? I'll start with you, Gian. I expected a clean sheet, so no surprises there for me. We, we talked about it on uh, the pregame podcasts about how Toronto's not a team that scores very often. They had actually gone 15 games scoreless so far this season. Even back in May, they had gone three games back-to-back-to-back to back to back without scoring. So I never felt like that was going to be an issue for us on the defensive end. So that's not surprising to me at all to have that, that clean sheet. And it was very uh, expected. And I mean, in some of these plays, we saw very much why they don't, they, they don't score. I mean, they don't take advantage of these opportunities. They had a few opportunities, very easy opportunities, and they just were very imprecise in when it came down to really, you know, making those shots. So, um clean sheet is great awesome for calendar awesome for us but uh very much expected yeah i uh i'll say for me yes gian you were right but at what cost (laughs) no i'm (laughs) kidding i'm kidding uh no overall you know i think another positive that we can get besides the fact that you know we played a strong game i our defense was far better i mean they got a couple opportunities and slipped through a couple times but for the most part defense was much stronger Facundo Farias is everything he asked and more. You know, he has been just playing like a superstar, uh, taking on whatever burden is needed in each game and stepping up when other players maybe aren't capitalizing on their opportunities. Not not the two people who were substituted, but just in general, he's one of those people who's being incredibly consistent, getting good goals and keeping the play going. Yeah, let's talk about Taylor, too. That was another bright spot. We had seen him kind of like a little bit of a lull on his kind of on his gameplay since Farias got injected into the lineup. His his kind of his game, um, his minutes went down and he just comes back like uh, like he never let off. And it was just yeah. incredible to see what we had seen from him. Right. Golazos as, as well. Yeah, those golazos that that he was making when Messi arrived and they first started to gel and the team started to become much better offensively we kind of saw the re-emergence of that uh Robert Taylor so that was really nice to see for him just I mean and he did it in beautiful beautiful fashion just some incredible stuff like I was so happy to see that great link up play on the right side for for most of that 
second half. I think it was really, really great. Uh, why don't we talk a little bit before we get to the big news? Maybe who was your your best player for the night? Uh, my best player for the night. Let's see. I mean, shoot, because it was a tale of two halves. So, I mean, Farias for sure, you know, I, he's always going to be the guy, I think, that is, uh, stays, um, you know, the, the, the team might not be having the best performance. The defense might not be having the best performance throughout the last few games. But I think that uh, Farias continues to be the most consistent player. So uh, for me, it's got to be uh, it's going to be Farias, but then also um, I think it's three. It's Farias, Kremaski, and Taylor. I can't choose between them. Those three just played excellent today. It's just Robert Taylor with his goals and Crema, man, he comes in and makes a huge difference. His creativity, his playmaking ability, and the fact that he can score, those are my top three players really. It's tough to choose. Yeah, and I, I mine was actually probably Aviles. I think he had a great bounce back game. Like we said, he's really young. He's been in good form for most of his time so far at Inter Miami. He had a bad game, could have been down and out, could have had lost his confidence, played great, won every single one-on-one -on -one duel, uh, was always ready to intercept the pass, kept the back line strong. I think he had a really great game. I would, I would actually give a little bit of a shout out to David Ruiz. Um, I thought that his game was not necessarily phenomenal by any means, but he did his job efficiently. He did his job well. Totally. He was not only defending well, but he transitioned the ball really well. I think in the first half he had uh, over five or six passes into the final third for Miami. So playing alongside Busquets, you know, you usually think that Busquets is going to be the one taking that role. David Ruiz took that role himself a little bit, and he also helped out uh, in terms of protecting the back line. So I, I think that under, the under-the-radar one for me is David Ruiz, but overall I'd probably give it to Facundo Varias. He's just been, even through all the adversity that Miami faced in this match and the early substitutions, he was the one that was so consistent in terms of pushing Toronto's midfield and back line and making sure that Miami had goal-scoring opportunities all throughout the match. So that's probably who, who I would go with. Um, you know what? I, I think that we should talk about it. I, I think that we should get into it. You think people Messi are interested? Comes off. <laughs> maybe. I mean, is the, the show's name and maybe the reason why people are here. Um, Jordi Alba comes off first. Messi comes off shortly after. And it, I don't know if it was something that was premeditated. Uh, maybe going into the match, they, they knew they were only going to play X amount of minutes. And maybe those minutes ended up having to get cut short because they started to feel some things. I'm not sure yet how to take it. We're going to get answers hopefully shortly from Tata Martino in his press conference, and we'll look we'll, we'll look to have them uh, for you if we'll read them on Twitter. If you guys have them in the comments, go ahead and, and let us know what they're saying. But, um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a hard one to navigate because I'm pretty concerned at this point uh, after that. It, it To me, on face value, it looks like Alba and Messi pushed themselves a little bit too much and a little bit too early and probably shouldn't have started in this match. In hindsight, hindsight's always 20-20. So I'm thinking from an outside perspective that they probably shouldn't have started this match. When you look at the result and how the team played, it didn't even seem like they needed to start this match, and they could have known that given the opponent that they were playing. 
Going into Sunday, I doubt you see any of them against Orlando. Going into the Open Cup final, you just hope that they're healthy until but I really hope that this is not a mistake on the behalf of the coaching staff in the front office to go ahead and let these guys play. And it's more of a precautionary type thing to save them for the U S open cup final. Gian, what did you make of the substitutions in the first half to Lionel Messi and Jordi Alba? I think it was a bit concerning more so because of the way it was done. Like we knew that this was going to be an easy game. I, 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 an easier game. I thought it was going to be an easier game. So when you had to choose between this game or playing them in the Orlando game, it made more sense to play them in this game, in the Toronto game, because Orlando, number one, would, be, would have been a tougher match. It would have been a more physical match. We know there's, there's, it tends to be, there's a lot more aggression, a lot more uh, banging of, of, of bodies. We saw that in the prior match in, in Leagues Cup. So that was something that was, I think, out of the question to have them really play in that game. Not to mention the time between the next game, which would be the U.S. Open Cup final, which is it was too little time to recuperate. So if anything, it made sense to play them this game, especially more so to keep them in rhythm. Because if you don't play them this game, you don't play them Sunday. That's a lot of time without playing. I mean, injecting them straight into a final. That's something I think that wouldn't have been the most prudent thing to do. The and I error... It, the error. Well, I, I was going to say, and the thing. Yeah. Well, here's the thing too. Before you get to the error, for me, I I understand it from that perspective, and I think that it almost forces them to have to start in this match and maybe come off at halftime because then, if they are up three nil in the 60th minute, you don't really need to put Messi or Alba on the pitch. Why risk that at all and just go harder in training? If they're up or if they're down three nil and, and they need to come back and, and they see that this is a game that they have to win, and then Messi has 30 minutes turned around he's going to be asked too much. And it's going to be a little bit too intense for him. And then you risk injury that way as well. So it's a really tough card to play from the coaching staff, from the player perspective, from the front office, whoever was making the decision. And I don't know really if there was a right choice going into this one. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny that you say that though. Yeah. I, I think it's funny that you say that though, because the error in my opinion, it actually differs from what you just stated right now, because in my opinion, the right. error was starting them. Because I think that, and we kind of saw this, they didn't need Messi or Alba in this game against this Toronto side. And I think that it was okay with them getting playing time. And even Ashley mentioned this in the pregame pod that maybe they would come in the 65th or sometime in the second half. And in my opinion, that would have made more sense because think about it. We might have been up 3-0 like you said at, at that point, three zero at that point, that's a game where it's you come in and you put the game away. You give them 25, 30 minutes of playing time just to make sure they don't lose their rhythm. It's not going to be sure. a game. It's not going to be a moment in time where they, they're, they're, you know, they're coming in because we're down and they have to play and give it their all. And it's going to be tough. No, this is just you get 25, 30 minutes. The game's basically over. It's three, three nil. There's, you know, it's an easier adjustment for them to, to, to do that. So I think that that was the error. And what makes me worried right now is they started and they came off in the 30 something minute. I've never, I've never seen that. Like if you're going to typically you don't start, if you just want to get a few minutes, you don't start them. You usually put them in at the end. And the fact that they didn't even finish the first half, that was kind of worrisome to me. Um, And I, Ashley and I were talking about this. There's a video where 
right before Messi is subbed out, it's right after he makes a pass. And he, if you really pay attention to that video, he kind of hobbles a little bit. And it's already been mentioned in Argentine um, media that he had been dealing with, I wouldn't even call it muscular, I mean, an injury, but more so maybe muscular fatigue on his left leg. Or was it left or right? I, I can't remember. But one of his legs. So to me, I think that he might have felt that fatigue. And that's why he got out and he was being more prudent than anything and saying, let me get out before this turns into something more. Ashley, split the tie here. Should, should they have started? I honestly, this, I can't split the tie because I feel both ways about it. I, in hindsight, I agree. I wish we didn't start him. I, you know, because of that, but what if, you know, he came on in the 60th or 70th minute and he was out of rhythm and we had the game away and he got hurt that way or, you know, so, and if we didn't play him and then he didn't play at all because we had the game in hand and then he goes 20 something days without playing before the final. I mean, it did, it seems that my guess is that he was the one who, who gave it the green light and, you know, probably knows his body best. And there's probably like, it's either this game or Sunday, and maybe I think agreeing with Gian, he was going for being in rhythm. And I also think with players like that, and especially seasoned players, I actually think they prefer to start than to come off the bench, even if it's for limited minutes, because just how you do a warm up and then you immediately play, I think it's better than when you have to kind of come off cold, even though you, you get your warm up on the sideline. But yeah. So uh, it's tough, but I, I have a, a statistic to share with you guys that I saw that unfortunately doesn't bode great for what we've seen in the past with Lionel Messi. And that is, and it's to, from OptiJack, Lionel Messi was substituted off before halftime for just the eighth time in 937 career senior starts. Eighth time out of 937, which leads me to believe it is not it was it was serious enough where he immediately stopped it especially only minutes after Jordi Alba knowing that they're now giving up two windows in the first half with like less than 10 minutes or 10 minutes or so to go in the game it hopefully it's okay but those kind of things make me a little nervous okay so i do have a quote directly from Tata Martino um from Felipe Cardenas from the Athletic says that the plan was not for Lionel Messi and Jordi Alba to come off early. It was not the plan. They trained normally, and we felt like that they were ready to play. I don't believe it's anything new or anything worse than what they have or what they knew they had. Um, it's just fatigue. I don't think it's a muscular injury. So okay. at first I was like, oh, no. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's not that bad. When I started reading that statement, at first I was like, oh, it wasn't Yeah, I just got nervous. I, I was like, why, why wouldn't that be the, the plan? And I mean – I'm glad that they played it safe. I'm glad that the, the players were, you know, obviously mentally aware enough that there's bigger things coming and said that, hey, I need to come off, even though it's just fatigue and not some sort of a muscular injury or something larger looming, which is great um, for them to come off in 37 minute. Despite not being the plan, I think Tata Martino handled it extremely well. Obviously, they started to play a lot better when Messi and Alba came off the pitch. It's when they scored all of their goals. So, um, you know, Overall, the situation 
seems like it was handled to the best of Tata Martino's abilities. I, I, you can debate one way or another if they should have started or if they should have been held out. I'm not 100% sure as to where I am on that because hindsight, again, is always 2020. But that's the quote from Tata Martino. Tata Martino confirms it was not the plan for them to come off early. However, he does not think it's a muscular injury. Um, I will quickly say, just really quickly before you go, that that make that definitely does make me feel better because – um, he really like, he has no reason to lie about that. If, if he, if they were to just say, you know, we're still figuring it out or we're going to run tests or see tomorrow they can. And by outwardly saying it is not a muscle injury, like their league disclosure rules, if, if it's a, like, they can't lie about that kind of thing. And meaning giving such a direct answer saying it is not that. So that leads me to believe it's, it is exactly what it is fatigue and I think that both Messi and Alba maybe felt that they knew themselves and knew that they were maybe one sprint away or one lunge away from actually doing something and they both decided to be incredibly preact uh, preemptive about it that's what I'm hoping for because again being to say that to give that quote and give such a direct answer to say it is not an actual injury which they would have they would have known if it was a muscle injury within the last hour and a half you know or even if it was a very light case of it so that that makes me feel a little better Tata Martino has also just stated that they will not play Sunday in Orlando yeah so he has just ruled out Lionel Messi and Jordi Alba for the Orlando City match on Sunday it's in Orlando um so they will not be taking part of the that would have happened regardless I think regardless and I don't think I think that's what we expected I think we kind of expected it even if this game didn't happen we didn't think that they'd play so close to the U.S. Open Cup final that was probably that was probably the plan going into it listening to Tata Martino say oh it wasn't the plan for them to come off early get them their 90 minutes and then they can play in a week they had to come off a little bit early they were never going to play Sunday, whether they got injured or came off because of fatigue, whatever it is, they were never going to play Sunday, at least in my opinion and my speculation. Tata Martino has now confirmed that Lionel Messi and Jordi Alba will not play Sunday. Thank you to Felipe Cardenas, who is posting the updates on Twitter right now so we can get the quotes out to you guys. Um, so some really, really big news coming out. If there's any questions in the comments or anything like that, um, let us know. I'm going to try and get to a couple of them now. Uh, let's see. Let's see. The one I did see one that I do want to bring up. Um, it was with, oh, here we go. Mario Rubio says, do you believe Miami can be fine without him and make the playoffs? And it's so funny, Mario, because I have, and I have a, I have a banner here to talk about this with Ashley and Gian is Lionel Messi needed to make the MLS playoffs. Given what you guys saw tonight and given what I'm about to tell you in terms of their playoff hopes and where they stand in the table right now, which is in 13th place in the Eastern Conference, which is five points out of ninth place to DC United, which is only two points out of Charlotte FC, who you play twice, who's in 12th, two points out of Chicago, who you play once and have a game at hand, and then three points out to New York City FC, who you play once at home, and you have two games in hand against them. And for DC United, you're five points out with two games in hand, and you would have the tiebreaker if they were to catch up on points, which is total matches won. Miami, as we talked about in the last two preview and post-game shows, finally, finally now control their own destiny. If they are to win out in MLS – 
they're a playoff team, no matter what. If they win every single game, they're there. It took them six games to be able to do that from where they were. And I, I don't think that I knew – I can't say that I thought it was going to come this early. So, Mario, thanks for the question. Gianna and Ashley, it's your turn to answer it. Do you think Messi is needed for into Miami to make the playoffs, or do you think this is a deep enough side to go ahead and get it done, given the results that we're seeing around the league, the other team's forms, and Miami's forms, and their upcoming opponents? I'll go first. Uh, do I think he's needed to make the playoffs? Maybe not at this point. Do I think he's needed to be successful for the rest of the season? Yes. I think there are two different questions because with our run of form and with everyone stepping up, I think we can could definitely continue the success that we have. Players are playing fantastic. We're seeing high quality, but there's still a lot of games to be played and you still need that, that, force to drive you over and especially once you get there you don't want to start cold you know having one team and then immediately starting with another I mean obviously for League's Cup that worked but I don't I think that's not always going to be the case so so my answer is to make the playoffs no if 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 it's close and if it if it's going to hurt him further no we can do it without him do I want to or do I think it's going to be beneficial for us in the end I'm not convinced I I think that you can definitely win some games without Messi, for sure, especially seeing the remaining schedule. Like you said, we've got uh, Charlotte twice, Chicago, and New York City that are currently 10, 11, and 12th. So you could probably win those four games, or at least three of those four games, I think, without Messi. Messi makes it a lot easier, though. That's That's for sure. And then you've got games against Cincinnati and Orlando. Those are the one and two seeds in the Eastern Conference. So those are games that you, if you want to win, you definitely, I think, are going to need a Messi. Those are the, the, the toughest games that we have left. Orlando, obviously, we know he's not going to play. Cincinnati, um, I don't know. I have to look at the schedule because there's also a FIFA um, or there's also a, a national team call up coming up soon or international games that in October. So I don't know what games he's going to miss. So I think that all comes into play. But if Messi's available to play, he's got to play. That's what I think. And your chances are higher to win a game and to ultimately make the playoffs if he's playing. So I don't want to say that we don't need him. I think he makes it a lot easier to make the playoffs. And then I also think that you want to be careful also. Um, I think that not that Messi can easily fall out of rhythm, but you want to keep him get in rhythm, not more so, I think, from a physical standpoint, because I think that when there's too much time between, you know, sometimes too much rest is not good, in my opinion. Like, you want to have enough rest where you're able to recuperate, but at the same time, you also want to make sure that your your muscles and, and your body is ready to keep going. Um, sometimes when there's too much time, you can get injured a lot quicker. So, it, 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 all in all, you need him, I, I think, to make the playoffs. And uh, the very, playoff chase is very much alive, so that's really important. And we'll see. We'll see what the schedule holds as far as the international play. I'm, I'm not sure if you guys have that in front of you, but uh, I'll take a look at it. I kind of want to see what games he's going to miss um, next month. And that also depends on how he's feeling, especially now that we see that he's been dealing with fatigue. Will he even – I'm sure he'll be called, but is that something that Inter-Miami is going to even – you know, it's going to depend on them as well. Do we want well, you have, to risk going to go play? 
Well, that's the thing. I have one more. I have one more update for you outside of the Argentina thing with Tata Martino. He says that I know we have a final to play, but they, meaning Messi and Albo, won't go near the pitch if they can't play. So he also has not determined their availability for next Wednesday. And as of right now, their availability for the U.S. Open Cup final against the Houston Dynamo is up in the air as it stands. Obviously, we'll get more updates throughout the week. Probably won't get one until after the Sunday match against Orlando, where they won't be participating in, as already noted by Tata Martino. Um, but maybe that Monday or Tuesday at training, hopefully we can get some updates right before the U.S. Open, Open Cup final. It's literally going to be right before, like 48 hours to 24 hours before when we know if Messier is going to play or not, or Jordi Alba is going to play or not. Also, shout out to Sergio Busquets, who's been, I guess, obviously a little bit lucky to not have to deal with anything. But in reality, he's been out there every almost every single match, playing a ton of minutes, orchestrating the midfield, and of all the three guys, he was the one that I would expect least to be able to do this. And he's honestly done such an amazing job. So I, I am uh, yeah. happy to see that, that Busquets has, has been able to do that. Um, so, yeah, we have the update from Tata Martino. I'm going to look through some of these comments. If you guys have anything to add right now, go ahead and bring it up. I think one of the best ones that we can talk about here is what Jeremiah has to say. I think Tata needs to stop the favoritism with Joseph Martinez. I know that that's a discussion we've had so many times on the pod. If you guys haven't already, go ahead and check us out at Messi and co on Twitter. You can type in Messi in your favorite podcast platform and find our podcast there. You can listen to all of our pregame, postgame, and midweek talks. And if you haven't subscribed on the YouTube channel where we put our live shows, do that because we are here all the time giving you updates on Inter-Miami and Lionel Messi. But Gian, I always let you weigh in first and I'm going to continue it. Does Tata Martino need to stop the favoritism with Joseph Martinez? And what do you make of Joseph Martinez starting tonight? Because for me, it was more of... This is a weaker side, and Joseph Martinez needs to show me what he's worth. And he didn't show him what he was worth. Yeah, um, I don't know if it's favoritism, so I don't want to say that it's favoritism. I don't know. I mean, people have alluded to the favoritism. You know, they say, obviously, him and Tata Martino have a history. Um, Joseph and and created a really quick friendship with Messi, and that was part of helping Messi really be able to gel quicker around the team and feel more comfortable here in Miami or in Fort, in Fort Lauderdale. But um, I don't know. I'm not going to go as far as to say it's favoritism. I agree with you. You know, I think that maybe they started him to kind of knowing that it was against the weaker side, giving him an opportunity. He hasn't gone many minutes as of late. So it could have been that, that reason. Um, but I think you noticed the difference right away. Uh, and I think the, the difference was more noticeable, more so because of the formation and the tactics around this start with Joseph Martinez. Joseph Martinez, does, in my opinion, does not work when you only have two up front. It doesn't work in a 5-3-2. It doesn't work in a 4-4-2, especially when Messi is your other forward, because Messi is having to do all of the work. Joseph, like, Messi has to drop into the mid to get the ball. Messi plays sometimes as a center forward. He's doing, you saw him tonight, the first 30 something minutes that he played, he was doing everything. Meanwhile, Joseph was basically playing like a wall, like, like, give me the ball. I, I touch it back to you. Um, I, I try to make a run. I, I don't like, he didn't do much. And that one opportunity that he did have, I'm sorry. I text, I tweeted as soon as he missed that. I said, Campana would have scored that all day. Like, 
I think that he works more so when you've got him in the middle and you've got a wing on the left and a wing on the right. That's where Joseph works a little bit more because he's able to, he's, he's more of a playmaker. He's more of joining, you know, helping the buildup of the play. He's not a big time presence in the area. So I think that kind of elevated what we saw tonight in the sense of him just being kind of lackluster in, in that role. So I understand why they, why they maybe started him if that's the case, because they wanted to give him a chance. But at the same time, I'm sorry, Campana's young. Campana's a young guy. When you look at the list of minutes played by all the players in Inter-Miami, he's not even like on the top 10, I think. He's, he's got, he doesn't have that many minutes played. I know maybe through the last few games, but all in all, he's pretty fresh. So I would have started Campana. I think the different. I think by halftime, if Campana would have been there, it would have probably been two or three nil by halftime, just because there were chances that we missed that I feel like Campana would have finished. Um, but at the end of the day, I give Joseph his minutes. I don't think he's here next year. So I am. <laughs> I, I mean, I know Campana's here to stay. He just signed a new contract, and he's obviously. I mean. The, I don't think at this point, I don't know if it's a debate anymore. I used to get a lot of hate. I, I love your guys' comments, by the way. I, I always check the YouTube and all that. So I appreciate you guys tuning in. Some of you guys were like, oh, stop the Joseph banter. And it wasn't or not the hate on, on Joseph. And I was like, you know what, guys? It's just it's the reality. And I think more and more you guys are starting to notice that Campana is the superior uh, center forward here. And he's kind of the center forward of the future. But yeah, give Joseph his minutes here and there. Yeah. So, I mean... I, I think we all are kind of in agreement that this was I, – I don't think it was a, a matter of favoritism for this particular game. I think it was giving Campana a little bit of a rest because he's – I would be shocked if he's not starting for the rest of the season, you know, for every single big moment we have and the League's Cup – or the U.S. Open Cup final Sunday, et cetera. And so I think it was really just giving – uh, it was giving Campana rest in the first in the first uh, 60 minutes of the game. And that that miss by Joseph in the beginning is a miss of someone who's not confident in themselves and who's not been in form. And I agree. I think Campana would have at least gotten it on target. You never know if it would have gone in, but he would have gotten it on target. And um, yeah, for the formation that they went with, which, by the way, I predicted not to make this all about me, uh, but it wasn't conducive to having – to, it didn't make sense to have Martinez and Messi up there when one, obviously you knew was dealing a little bit with some f muscular fatigue and issues, uh, make giving him a role where he was going to clearly have to run a lot as opposed to having it be, you know, a, a four, three, three or something like that. But yeah, I, Martinez is not the future. Campana is, this wasn't, I don't think, an indication of what we're going to see moving forward. I still think Joseph Martinez, in close games, 70 to 90 minutes, I think he can still have an impact for the rest of the season. Like, if you if you told me, okay, it's a close game, maybe you're up by one, maybe you're tied, Joseph's going to come in for the last 20 minutes, really stretch the defense and and make them make tough decisions, make good, intelligent runs. I would take I would take that. So it's just about finding the right role for it. And uh yeah, and I agree with the comment I just said that they they wanted Joseph to score against the bad side and get his confidence up, and he he didn't. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, I think, you know, Everything that we were mostly concerned about. Um, sorry if you can hear that. So it's, it's loud in the background. But um, everything that we were concerned about with Joseph Martinez, the comparisons we were making with Campana were definitely on display tonight. They've been on display all season long, to be completely honest with you. I, I don't even know if Joseph has scored more than one or two goals from open play uh, since you know Lionel Messi joined the team. I, I can't really recall. Um, somebody can go ahead and fact check me on that, but I don't think it's been multiple goals from open play for Joseph Martinez. And as for Campana, if he would have scored tonight, it would have been his fifth goal in what three games. He already had five and three coming into it. And one of those, he didn't even start one of those. He came off early. There's so much to, to say about Campana's performances compared to Joseph's. And I think that right now, 100%, you have to go with Campana. Yeah. I, I just, I just think the lineup that, that Dada came out with tonight was not the best decision, in my opinion. Especially, like, I totally I, agree. I, I see you're going against again a bottom tier team that doesn't score much. They average less than they average less than one goal a game, and we mentioned this. They've gone so many games scoreless. Like, why do you come out with a back line of five? That to me didn't make sense. You're taking someone out of the attack to put them into the defense when you don't necessarily need that. So I think that that was strange. Farias in the midfield, as opposed to up front on the wing, that made no sense to me. There were at times where I would see, I would see Busquets and Ruiz higher up than Farias. And it was and so strange And what this dude was made me. Alba run a lot, more yeah. than he probably, knowing that they, same thing with Messi. I mean, they put yeah. Pata very strangely put Messi and Alba in two positions with this particular formation that was going to have to have them run a lot, which I don't know why you would do when two players are coming back from rest, quote unquote. It didn't make sense. I should have been the four. I mean, I had predicted the five, three, two, but it should have been the four, three, three. I think it would have made a lot more sense with having Martinez or Campana, but then having Farias on the left, having, um, Why did I just blank? Messi. <laughs> Messi. <laughs> I was going to say that, but I, you come yeah. out with these crazy things. I was like, I was sure. Thinking you know. Robert Taylor. I'm sorry, yeah. Messi. I don't know what show we're on yet. And so <laughs> with them on the top and then Arroyo, maybe it was the same idea of resting him because they knew they were going to be playing him a ton of minutes coming down the stretch. So they wanted to hold off. But I think I don't think we're going to – I mean, Sunday, obviously, now that we don't – have Alba and Messi and maybe an aberration, but I imagine moving forward, if we have our best 11 available, we're going to be in the 4-3-3. Yeah, I think that's our best. I think that's our best lineup. You you need Farias on the wing. That's where he does the best. That's where there's the most uh, danger on the attacking side for us. You you noticed that the, the attack just wasn't there in the first half. Then those changes came in the second half, completely different second half completely different second half much better on the attacking end much more pressure obviously we scored mm -hmm. those three those three goals so 
I, I think that I, I'm hoping it's a learning lesson for Tata and he doesn't go with this 5-3-2 again, unless he really feels like he needs it against a really strong attacking team, like maybe, you know, Atlanta or something like that. Or, or no, but no more, no more two up front with just Joseph. You need, you need to be able to hide him with at least two guys on the wings. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you guys think if you, if it's displayed as like a, a five, two, three or a three, four, three, because Farias for me, although in the first half, he looked a little bit too central and wasn't combining with Jordi, Jordi Alba as much uh, early on before he got subbed off. I think, Gian, you actually alluded to that in one of your tweets. Um, and Jordi does a lot better when he gets to have a partner with him. Robert Taylor yeah. and him have combined really well at times in terms of overlaps and things like that. If you look for more of a 3-4-3, if Arroyo can play next to Busquets and kind of lock down that midfield, obviously with David Ruiz, I think that's why you saw Farias a little bit more centrally because they wanted to be a little bit more secure. And in terms of progressing the ball, I mean, I I think it was important to have a a playmaker like him there. But if you can go to a 3-4-3 and use Busquets and Arroyo and then have a front three of Farias, Campana, and Lionel Messi, then it looks a little bit better, in my opinion. You don't have to make up for that um, weaker link in the midfield. I, again, I thought David Ruiz was great today. Don't get me wrong. He, again, was my under-the-radar under man of the match. I said that earlier on. Um, but I'm not opposed right now to the five at the back just because this team has been very susceptible to individual errors, and I think all the cover is needed. I, I don't think that... Kamal Miller played a fantastic game tonight. He looked slow, especially towards the end of the game. Obviously, Thomas Aviles put in a ton of amazing challenges, uh, but we saw what he is able to show uh, in, in the last match against Atlanta. Kristoff, thank goodness he was okay after that nasty, nasty head injury, um, but he, he continued on. I think that those three formulate a trio that can be very tough to break down, and if you're only playing two of those guys – you don't have a set partnership right now between any combination of them. It, it makes it a lot easier for them to have gaping holes for other teams to to counter. And when you get deeper into this playoff run, and if they actually make the playoffs and they start playing against stronger sides with really good attackers, I'm thinking about you know any of the attackers that Columbus has or Orlando has. Um, and Atlanta has yet again if they're to see them in the playoffs. That's where I get a little bit concerned, and that's why I would think that maybe staying with the back five makes the most sense. But that's me being that pragmatic, annoying kind of football mind when in reality everybody wants to see a little bit more progressive style of play. But to right, but for right now, I don't think they have the center backs that are capable enough to, to play that style. At least they haven't shown it together that I'm 100% confident because, yes, Sporting Kansas City was not a bad match between – um, Aviles and Miller, but up until you know when when the 75th minute hit, everything turned over. It was a complete 360, and it, it looked like Sporting Kansas City really had a chance to to get points because of the way Miami were defending. And I also don't think that they have the defensive midfielders other than Dixon Arroyo right now to go ahead and cover that back line to its fullest extent. Sergio Busquets alongside Dixon Arroyo, we have critique them at times in the way that they've rotated into the back line and protected the back line from time to time. So I'm, I think that it makes more sense to stay with the back five. You've gotten results with the back five and it doesn't necessarily take away too much. If you're at full strength 
in terms of the attacking front. I think that you can use Yedlin and Alba in ways that look more like wingers and midfielders. You can connect with Messi if Campana is there. It, this is obviously given everybody is healthy. Yeah, I, I, I think that, that the issue there with the defense is more so because we there's no balance. Wait, where did you buy this glass? Oh, uh, these are Tom Ford. Uh, oh, excuse me. Did you write that comment from your burner? <laughs> That's my burner. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what was I saying? Um, okay. So, yeah, yeah. So, real quick about the defense. So, so I think the, 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 the biggest issue really is that the defense sometimes is imprecise when they're building out of the back and they're putting in these passes. That are creating that are getting intercepted and they're creating these counters and the and so that's one of the issues but the other issue is that we've got both of our fullbacks there's no balance like they're always both up so that's why we usually get these counters where it's just miller and and christoph or miller and ivy where i think that what might fix the issue is if you've got if Alba goes up, Yedlin stay back a bit. If Yedlin goes up, Alba stay back a bit. But that doesn't happen often. They're always both way high up in the attack, and it's and then we get screwed over, and that's happened a lot. So where I I, I understand that that back five with those three CBs kind of does adjust that issue, but I don't like that simply because again you take someone out of the attack in order to do that. I think you can fix that if you just balance your left and your right side both don't go up but that's going to be a, a tactical thing that i don't know if that is going to do simply because there's been a lot of games he's had the opportunity to do that and he just doesn't do it we'll have to see a lot of unknowns i think it's you know we're going to just over the next couple of days and certainly by next wednesday we will have a better grasp of who's available what formations are, you know, when you're trying to win a game because it's a final is one thing as opposed to just trying to keep your points. There's there's a lot of moving pieces. So I think it's going to be one of those situations where we have to kind of wait and see how uh, availability plays out. For sure. So as we wrap up the postgame show here, let me just go very briefly through everything that we talked about into Miami's obviously getting the 4-0 win over Toronto FC in some styleable fashion, I must say. Robert Taylor scoring some absolute banger goals. We talked about him early on. Facundo Farias being that consistent attacker from back to front. The defense keeping a clean sheet in the back five. All of that was good. But obviously this game has been overshadowed by the injuries to Lionel Messi and Jordi Alba. And as per Tata Martino, he does not believe at this current moment that it is muscular injuries. It's more so fatigue. Tata Martino also confirmed that it was not the plan for Lionel Messi and Jordi Alba to come off early in this match. What early means, I'm not sure. Does it mean they were supposed to go 90 minutes or just 60? I'm not 100%, but 37 was most definitely not the plan. There was something happening there, and they both came off due to muscle fatigue, injury. I don't even know what to call it at this point. Tata Martino confirmed that Jordi Alba and Lionel Messi will not be playing on Sunday in Orlando, and he also states that Pretty much their availability for Wednesday is still in question. He lists them as day to day and says that if they're not able to go in a cup final or if he doesn't feel that they're 100%, they will not be playing. So it is not confirmed or denied if they'll play next Wednesday against Houston Dynamo, but it is confirmed that they will not be playing on Sunday against Orlando City. I think that covers it all. 
Gian, Ashley, thank you so much again for doing this post-game show. For everybody tuning in, make sure you subscribe, hit the like button, turn on notifications so you can get all of our post-game shows go straight to your phone. Or you can follow us on Twitter for updates as well. You see it right below us, at Messi and Co. If you're not subscribed to our podcast, go to your podcast platform, type in Messi, look for the logo that you see in the top right corner of your screen, and uh, download and rate the show. It would do us a huge, huge favor. Um, and I, <laughs> I'm sorry. And I want to comment. <laughs> uh, and on that yeah. note uh thank you everybody i'm not gonna leave that up at the end <laughs> on that note, thank you everybody for listening uh here's a quick word from one of our podcast sponsors and we'll see you guys very very soon on to sunday if you are ready to transform your backyard into a haven of relaxation and luxury look no further than our amazing podcast sponsor L'Aqua Azura Pool Services. With over 20 years of industry experience, L'Aqua Azura is a name you can trust when it comes to services, equipment repairs, and restoration for all things pools. If you're looking in the South Florida area for your pool to be serviced on a month-to-month basis, L'Aqua Azura boasts an impressive five-star rating on Google reviews, and it's a testament to their dedication to the customer satisfaction and top-notch service. Also, if you mention Messi and Co., you will get your first month of pool service absolutely free. So don't wait for pool service, patio renovation, or more. Call them now at 954-793-7206 and get a free quote for any project. Thanks, Lacqua Azuda. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.